1: It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual.
0: G Suite by Google Cloud is a suite of cloud-based productivity tools that includes Gmail, Docs, Slides, Sheets, and drive. You can make real time updates to the same document without having to keep track of multiple versions. And since all the tools are cloud based, your whole team can access the same document and work on the same page at the same time. Make it with G Suite by Google Cloud. To find out more,
2: visit
1: gsuite.com. And now, move the sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks.
0: What's up, everybody? DJ Bucky here, Move the Sticks. And, Buck, we have got a, a jam-packed episode today where we've got a, a really, really fun conversation, one of the best players in college football, to go along with some NFL chat.
2: Yeah, this is an exciting day for me because Will Greer is a guy that i follow for a long time since his days in Charlotte, having gone up to the Elite 11 process and watching him. Fantastic conversation with him. But then we get a chance to talk about the Monday night football game. We saw the New England Patriots splatter the Buffalo Bills. we we'll are talk about top ten teams in the draft and their draft needs and we also will touch on the college game and maybe we'll even preview the college football playoff.
0: Oh there you go let's uh well let's jump in first of all here with uh, what took place in Monday Night Football. I'll be honest with you I kind of made a joke on the pod about how this game at halftime it was it was over and if you're a Buffalo Bills fan you might not even be around (laughs) to watch the halftime ceremony there to honor Thurman Thomas. Uh, But Look, the Buffalo Bills kept this competitive. I thought their defense did a nice job of of containing that uh, New England offense. Ended up being a 25 to six ball game, but that being said, it was it was competitive. It was closer than I thought, although it wasn't very pretty. No,
2: it wasn't very pretty. Uh, they found a way to get it done offensively. They sputtered in the red zone, but defensively they made a couple plays. Devin McCourty with the pick six at the end was kind of the nail uh, in the coffin. We saw them kind of throw the ball all over the yard, kind of get it to their playmakers. I think the big thing that came out of the game. Cordero Patterson playing a little tailback, 10 carries, had 38 yards, and then using James right out the backfield. He continues to be the weapon that they lean on when they need it. And Julian Edelman also played a big factor in the passing game for them.
0: No doubt, and we do have the – we do have the trade deadline coming up today. I think we are going to see a flurry of activity. So when you're listening to this, you might have a bunch of news. You're wondering, why, why did I talk about this? Because it hadn't gone down yet. But I do think we are going to see some moves. I think Demarius Thomas is going to get traded. I think Golden Tate ends up getting traded. Uh, we're going to see some movement there. A couple other names that have been flying around. I've heard Derek Henry, uh, his name, has been flying around out there. Uh, Landon Collins was told his name has been out there. Uh, so I think we'll see a lot of activity. I'm looking forward to seeing how this all shakes out. Uh, but, look, trades trades are fun. I think they're good. Uh, I'm hoping we get some action here before the deadline.
2: Yeah, it should be interesting to see how it all works out. But, obviously, people are on the move. We've seen more teams make trades early in the year. We definitely will see a handful of
0: trades occur at the deadline. No doubt. Uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's jump in here. I want to talk about the the draft, 2019 draft. We know at this point in time, if the season ended, what the top ten would look like. I thought we'd just kind of roll through these teams uh, real quick here and, uh, and just say what that priority should be for them. Uh, in the draft. Now, we don't know. we got to do a lot of work on these kids, see who comes out, and figure out what the, what the makeup of this draft is. But as it ends, if the season ended right now, the number one pick in the 2019 draft belongs to, drumroll, the New York Giants. The New York Giants. And, man. You're, what do you think? I mean, it's quarterback, right? Man, it has to be quarterback.
2: The New York Giants. Can you imagine the Giants picking – second and first and back-to-back years. No one would have thought this um, based on how they thought this offense would look, but it hasn't worked out. David Gettleman and those guys banked on Eli Manning being able to be a productive player. They thought he still could kind of dust off uh, the old two-time MVP, Eli Manning, but it hasn't happened. So now it's obvious. It's painfully obvious that they need a quarterback. They got to find a guy that can be the quarterback for the next decade. And so looking at this draft, we'll see if they can find an A-level talent that can get them over the hump. I hate to be desperate looking for a quarterback when I'm sitting at the top of the board. It makes you mis-evaluate players. Uh, You have big misses when you do that. But this is where the Giants are sitting. Unless they're able to address their quarterback need in free agency or via trade, they're going into the draft knowing that they have to find a quarterback at the top of the board.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're going into the grocery store, they only can shop in one aisle, right? I mean, that's the, <laughs> that's the that's kind of the that situation. Is that is not ideal. That is not ideal, ideal shopping. Now, uh, team picking behind him, the number two pick belongs to the San Francisco 49ers. They have their quarterback, unfortunately. Didn't get to see Jimmy Garoppolo this year uh, due to that injury. But where, where do you think they'd go?
2: You know, I think they have to go offensive playmaker. It's all about Jimmy G. Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback. They got him last year, so now it's continued to build everything up around him. We could talk about maybe addressing the offensive line, but they need a running back, a tight end, a wide receiver, someone who can put points
0: on the board. That has to be the priority if I'm Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. All right, the number three pick, a team with – Oh, man, I would say more than a few holes is a nice way to say it. There, with the Oakland Raiders sitting there at number three, um, you know their hope. Their hope is that you've got the Giants with the first pick, um, hoping they take a quarterback, and then you've got the Forty ers and you've got Oakland. So Oakland is probably sitting there hoping the Forty ers look offensive lineman, or they, you know, maybe there's a team that would trade up for a quarterback. Maybe you get a team like Jacksonville would vault up there for a quarterback. But I know Oakland's sitting there at number three. I don't know if they would go quarterback. I kind of doubt it, Buck. But I do know there's an elite pass rusher that has already declared for the draft that Oakland would be uh, licking their chops to get a shot out there, uh, up there in the Bay Area.
2: Well, I mean, they have to replace a pass rusher. You know, they had a pretty good pass rusher. He was rusher pretty good. Took, yeah, he was pretty good. They took him number four overall a few years ago. But no, that's neither here nor there. So now they got to go and get a pass rush. They have to be able to find someone that can get to the quarterback. There are a ton of pass rushes and defensive tackles in this draft that will be available. So at number three, if I'm the Oakland Raiders, I have to address the defense. I have to find a way to close the gap, give my quarterback, Derek Carr, a
0: chance to win games. All right, we get to uh, roll through some of these teams here and just pick out maybe one or two that interest you. Uh, Buffalo at four, Arizona at five, Cleveland at six, Indy at seven, the Jets at 8, Jacksonville 9, Denver 10. Uh, just grab a team in that mix, Buck, and, and give me an idea what you think they should do.
2: Well, I'm going to go right to the next team. I'm going to go to the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills have committed to Josh Allen, but when you look at their roster, they don't have much on offense. You have an older Offensive Shady McCoy. Line, buddy. Offensive line is not good. You don't have any weapons on the outside. so. Really, they can sit and just take the best available offensive player, and it will fit a need. Uh, But at some point, they do have to become more explosive on the outside. If they want Josh Allen to be everything that they think he can be, they got to surround him with weapons on the outside.
0: And I'll go to another team with a rookie quarterback, the New York Jets. They're at number eight offensive line, offensive line, and maybe offensive line. (laughs) Uh, Need to upgrade there and then giving him some more help. As well, I do like Herndon, though, young tight end from Miami, a guy we both like coming out. Yep. Uh, he's starting to make some plays for this football team. So uh, they have some pieces there. Uh, we'll see what Robbie Anderson does going forward. But uh, receiver to me would be secondary. Right now, to me, it's about getting better up front.
2: Yeah, it's funny. So in the, the, the next five, when I'm looking at Cleveland, Indy, Jets, Jacksonville, and Denver, uh, and thinking about the Indianapolis Colts, because the Colts have kind of made up some ground. They've been able to run the football. Marlon Mack, who I think we both liked a lot in the draft process, has put up back-to-back games. I was coming into the process thinking maybe they need to get a running back, an offensive playmaker. They still need an offensive weapon, someone on the outside to go opposite T.Y. Hilton. But I don't know if the urgency is there to get him in the first round. I think Chris Ballard can really take the best player, being an offensive playmaker or a defensive playmaker, to go with Darius Leonard. I think they're trending in the right direction. I think it's just about continuing to add good players to this roster. The board is wide open for the Indianapolis Colts.
0: Yeah, well, this is going to be a fascinating top ten here if it if it ended like this. Man, Jacksonville, with the ex- expectations, what they were for them to be picking in the top ten. Ooh, uh, that's rough. That's, that's rough definitely not up. ideal. It's not an no. ideal
2: situation for them right now for sure.
0: No joke. That first place schedule is no joke. You're figuring that one out. Uh, all right, Buck, uh, I want to get to our, switch over here to college football. And before we talk about uh, the big weekend uh, we just had, I guess we'll save the preview for our next episode. But before we get there, I do want to roll our conversation with, with uh, one of our favorite people in college football. All right, Buck, excited to be joined by our next guest, uh, a good buddy of ours we got to know a little bit at the Elite 11, uh, West Virginia quarterback Will Greer. Joining us, Will, how you doing, man?
3: Doing well. Thanks for having me on, guys.
0: First of all, uh just to get things kicked off here. You guys find yourself sitting number twelve in the country right now, a huge game coming up against uh, a Texas. but how would you assess the season both individually and collectively as as a team so far this season?
3: Yeah, well, I think uh there's there's you know always always room for improvement and and we strive to uh to get better every week. Uh, I think we've done a good job of improving and, and fixing our mistakes as we've uh, moved through the season um you know, I think that there's, there's still a lot of room to grow. I think we, we have a lot of potential uh, that, that hasn't really been on display uh, quite yet this year. I think that they are leaving a lot on the field, and I'd like to see us kind of put together a full game uh, and really maximize what we, what we can do and what we worked so hard in the offseason for. So uh, still a lot to look forward to with this team is kind of the message.
2: You know, to that point, Will, what were some of the things that you wanted to accomplish your final season at West Virginia, and how is the progress going?
3: Yeah, I think you know even before the season, it's it's we have a, a one to no mentality every week, you know, and uh, the goal with that is to eventually win every game. Um, you no know, had a tough one a couple of weeks ago that you can't take back, so you still have to have that one and no mentality moving forward. Uh, and, and and you know, I think like I said, I I think this team is uh, is is really good, and I think that we are leaving a lot out on the field. I think that we uh, have opportunities now going forward to maximize what we can really do. Um, and I'd like to see us us do that uh, the next couple of weeks.
0: Take us behind the curtain a little bit with your relationship with your head coach there. You got one of the, uh, the most creative offensive minds really in any level of football there you're working with. What's that interaction like during the week as, as you guys are installing a game plan, getting ready for an opponent, what's your, what's your relationship like there during a practice week?
3: Yeah, well, it's, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy working with, with Dana and with Spav. Uh, they're, they're both, like you said, great offensive minds and, you know really really innovative coaches that uh you know it's a lot of fun to play for them they they got great personalities and a huge passion for the game uh they they love to talk ball and and continue to uh grow and and I appreciate that as kind of a gym rat myself I love just uh, learning football and and talking ball with those guys and trying to absorb as much as I can from them um and you know that's a lot of our practice week is mentally just going through stuff and uh, and game planning, I like to be really involved in, in game planning with Sphav and the rest of the uh, offensive staff, and they're very open to letting me uh, sit in all the meetings and, and watch film with them, and uh, that's really helped my development. And uh, I appreciate what they've been able to do for me from that aspect, and I think it translates really well to the game. You know, I feel really comfortable uh, going into a Saturday like I like I've already kind of played the game in my head.
2: You know, that I mean, it speaks volumes for to them for allowing you to be really, really involved in the game planning. And also, it kind of debunks some of the, I guess, the, the reputation that some quarterbacks coming out of an air raid system have. Can you talk about why um, you're a little more than just a system quarterback that some would perceive?
3: Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I don't really understand. I, I think that, you know, with Pat Mahomes and uh, Baker Mayfield doing what they've been able to do, it kind of speaks volumes to, Uh, you know what we're doing here it's it's uh you know I I think that you know I I've played it I played for two different offensive coordinators of Florida and then obviously came here so I've played in a couple different systems and really appreciated everything that I've learned from from each guy I I think I've learned a lot and played in a lot of different systems but uh the system I'm in now is I you know like I said and and it's a testament to uh Dana and Spav uh and what they've Kind of allowed, how much they've allowed me to learn and, and be a part of it but i have developed a ton the past couple of years uh learned more football than I have anywhere else uh and, and just and it's it's just general football when you talk what we do in the in the off season uh it's never we're never just limited to our offense necessarily We watch a lot of n f l tape uh we watch a lot of other college teams that are that did really well on offense last year uh and and just talk ball and learn football um and that's run game. I do more in the run game now than I did at Florida, uh, just getting our guys in the best position in the run game that we can to be successful. Uh, and then you got pass protections and route concepts and everything. I mean, I'm I'm doing a lot at the line of scrimmage and really feel comfortable doing it. So uh, I think it, it makes for an easy transition to the NFL. I, I just think that when you talk air raid, it's a little different when you can go on the ball and not have to huddle. Uh, the, the pre-snap process is still the same. We're just calling it with signals. Uh, to kind of keep the guys out there and lined up and have the ability to go fast, uh, but most of the time we're not even we're not even trying to push tempo. We 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 want to control the tempo, be able to go fast and go slow whenever we want. Um, so I, I think you know I hope that kind of answers your question.
0: No question. And you look at you mentioned it with Mahomes. And with Baker, the success they're having at the NFL level, you look around college football and see what you guys are doing, what Oklahoma's doing, what Washington State's doing. Uh, Yeah, that stigma, I think, has long since left. One of the things we're always looking for in the scouting process, though, Will, is is leadership at the quarterback position uh, is huge. And so I want to just go back inside the building, take us behind the scenes a little bit. You guys stub your toe against Iowa State. You've got a perfect season rolling along. You hit a little adversity there. Uh, What goes on during that week? What was your message to the rest of the offense following that game and the next week leading up to get ready for that whooping you guys put on Baylor?
3: Yeah, I think the, you know, it's the next play mentality was the first thing that I thought that I needed to instill uh, into our team was, you know, that, uh, you know, there's some things we need to fix, but it's time to move on, you know, right after the game. Um, And the things we need to fix, you know, the things that I was really pushing into our team was uh, our energy and our passion uh, to, to really appreciate the opportunity that we have to play this, this wonderful game. You know, I think, uh, we got into a, um, uh, you know, we had, we got into a little deal where we had bad, bad practice habits. I think we kind of got lulled to sleep a little bit. Um, you know, I don't think we were practicing and appreciating the game and respecting the game. Uh, every day we went out to practice and I put that on leaders. I put that on myself and the rest of our uh, older senior leaders to push everybody in practice. Cause that's, that stuff translates to the game. Um, and I think that's what happened, you know, at Iowa state, they were really fired up and, uh, played really hard. I feel like they played harder and played with more passion than we did. Um, and it's hard to win, uh, in, in a game like that, where, uh, guys are playing harder than you. I don't care who it is. It's, that's part of college football is, you know, the team that's more excited to play that has more passion, uh, that plays harder on every play has a better chance to win. Um, and that's really highlighted at the college level, in my opinion. So we, uh, that was the biggest message for me the next week was this is a game that you, 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 don't get, you only get so many opportunities. Uh, I have a lot of respect for this game, uh, and, I, and I've tried to instill that in my teammates to respect every opportunity you get to go out and practice, uh, lift weights, uh, use these facilities. Uh, and obviously on game day, it'll translate. But the opportunity to go play uh, a college football game on Saturday, you should appreciate and respect and, uh, and, and play with passion on every single play.
2: We always love to hear those leadership takes. One other thing that we like to uh, kind of hear from a vantage point, a scouting vantage point, um, we call it the three H's. And the thing that I want to ask you is right now today, what has been your biggest
0: highlight throughout your career?
3: Biggest highlight? Mm-hmm. Like a Does play? Just anything. What would you Could say? Anything.
0: Is- Could be an experience, just a game, oh, a wow. win, a season,
3: you name it. Mm. Well, you know, I – there's, there's been a lot of highs and a lot of lows, which is part of the game. I, I think uh, myself personally, you know, the injury last year was really tough on me. Um, you know, I, I'm I obviously a competitive, really competitive guy and uh, was just playing ball. i made that play a lot of times and it was kind of a freak accident. And um, you know, my team really took that hard and I, I really took that hard uh, not being able to be out there for obviously the rest of that game and the rest of the season. Um, you know, I haven't missed a lot of games in my career, so that was really hard on me uh, to miss those games. But I felt like, you know, after we uh, kind of after we decided to come back and I say we, I mean, some of the guys that were thinking about leaving and, um, you know, we kind of had a talk and wanted to you know, do this thing uh, one more year, uh, felt like we had a good team and, and good leadership, a good nucleus to build off of. Um, and this offseason, as far as development uh, on and off the field. Uh, and, and the relationships I built with the coaches and guys It was really the highlight of my career. I think from a family standpoint, um, just everything, I, I really maximized everything uh, in this offseason. Um, you know, really became a professional. I uh, really grew with the guys around me. I think a lot of us have become uh, have developed a lot, like I said, on and off the field. Um, and I was really proud of the way we kind of attacked this offseason more than anything and grew as men and as football players. Uh, and it was the most fun that I've had with a group of guys uh, as well playing football. So I, I really that was that's kind of been the highlight of my career was really this past off season working. Well, with you these ha- guys,
0: you hammered both. You hammered what the hardship was, what the highlight uh, has been. And the last one we always hit you with uh, with everybody that rolls through here, it's just your hero. Uh, it could be anybody in, in your personal life, in your football life. But uh, who's Will Greer's hero? Uh
3: <laughs> My wife is my hero. That's I, the, right I, uh, uh, that the right answer. That is the right answer. Have, good <laughs> answer. <laughs> Some brownie points. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she is, man. It's I, I tell you, I've been around a lot of great, great people, and and I like I said, I appreciate every relationship that I've built uh, through this awesome game. I've had the opportunity to meet and learn from a, a lot of awesome, awesome people. But when you just talk about life, there's uh, there's no one that's my hero more than my wife.
0: And you've got you've got a family, young family as well. I feel like we have little bit of kindred spirits here but I got married going into my senior year at Appalachian State and I remember that there was cell phones weren't really a thing well so I was I was in the weight room in the uh, in the off season and our strength our assistant strength coach comes out and goes, "Hey, your wife's on the phone." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> so I go I go inside the little strength coach offices, and I go, "I go, "Honey, hey, what's going on? Everything okay? I'm just trying to get a workout." And she goes, "Yeah, yeah, I'm pregnant." And I said, "Okay, all right, all right, here we go." So, uh what 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 was that experience like? There's very few of us that are married and then I was just we were expecting a child. You have a child. What's that experience like as a family man still in the college football world?
3: Yeah, it's it's interesting. Obviously, I've I've done both and that's uh you know part of the reason my wife's my hero is the the support and and what she's done on the uh, you know behind closed closed doors with this whole thing. You know, we I uh, got obviously got pregnant a couple of years ago when we were transitioning I was transferring which um you know that was that was hard on me as well and hard on us and you know got pregnant and I you know obviously young and didn't know uh there's just a lot of unknown and and she was always kind of my rock through all this you know she was uh you know just have a lot of respect for the way she handled it uh and handled everything you know and, and kind of we we did this thing together I took it as a sign from God to uh, you know, commit to her, and she committed to me, and uh, you know, we kind of just decided to do this thing together. Uh, she moved to Morgantown with me, where she knows nobody. Uh, is a long way from home, no family here, and uh, did a pregnancy, had a baby, and and raised a baby for two years here with with really uh, little to no help. Which is that's I'm telling you this, it's not it was not easy on 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 her, and, and not easy on me, just seeing her kind of battle and go through that. And that's, that's part of the reason she's my hero, but it was, it was a lot on us. And, and like I said, this off season, she, we both have, uh, you know, kind of gone through a lot of, uh, you know, building and growing. And, 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 that's part of the reason I said, that was my highlight. I just feel like we uh, have found peace and happiness and really felt like we've uh, done a lot together and, and grown so much that it was, uh, you know, it's really, you know, kind of shaped who we are. Uh, and we're really proud of who we see in the mirror now and what we've kind of done together and what we've been through. And we have a healthy and happy almost two-year-old and, and she's wonderful and runs the house and, and makes messes that we clean up. And it's, and it's all good, man.
2: No, that's terrific. That's, that is a great story. I can't let you go because one of the things that scouts always want to know from a player, who do you pattern your game after? Who do you look at on Sundays or Monday nights in the National Football League and say, man, I would love to pattern my game after him?
3: Yeah, that's an interesting question, you know, because we, like I said, I mentioned me and Spav watch a lot of uh, NFL tape uh, in the offseason. We have past couple past couple years and uh, we've watched a little bit of everybody. You know, he's, you know, Spav's a big Tom Brady and Patriots guy. And we uh, modeled our offense a lot on on what they do. It's, it's really some good stuff. So watch a lot of Tom Brady film. Uh, like, I love the way he plays. I love the way Aaron Rodgers plays. I have a lot of respect for him. Uh, and the way he attacks the game. Um, but Drew Brees is probably uh, the guy that sticks out to me just from a work ethic standpoint. Um, you know, I I, I actually – my younger brother went to a Saints game. He was, he was a Saints fan when he was younger, and he went to a, a Saints game in New Orleans with my dad. Uh, it was just them two when he was, I don't know, eight or eight or nine years old. He was younger. Um, and they came back and told me – and, you know, I was playing quarterback at the time I was younger – and uh, they came back and said uh, before the game they watched Drew Brees go all the way up and down the field uh, doing three-step drops and throwing timing routes to his receivers all the way up and down the field and it was full speed and uh, crisp and and perfect and just intense uh, and they came back and told me that story and, and ever since then I've just kind of loved and appreciated the way that that he respects the game um, and I've tried to kind of emulate that and, and try and uh, you know, be the leader that he is. And, and and I think that's a great way to attack the game. Um, and like I said, I think you use that with – with uh, and, and I, I take influence from, from a couple of different guys, as I've mentioned. And those aren't the only three, but uh, that's the guy that kind of sticks out to me.
0: Well, you've been very generous with your time, man. I, I've got one final thing to accomplish here. This is going to be a classic kill two birds with one stone because the last time I talked to you at the Elite 11 – uh, like I've been hitting the head a lot, and so I, I confused it having haven't been to both schools. I said, "How do you enjoy living in Huntington?" <laughs> and you're such a nice guy. You're a sweetheart of a guy. You didn't correct me about being in Morgantown, and as you can imagine, the West Virginia fans came out in full force and were crushing me <laughs> on Twitter. So I know you come from your family, and you guys have you have a very creative family uh, have made their way in the media world and and become social media superstars. So. What I'm going to do, I'm going to tap into your creative side and I'm going to get myself out of trouble because I'm going to let you just give me a slogan, like a commercial, a quick little slogan from Morgantown. Like I grew up in San Diego and they always say, San Diego, America's finest city. So I'm going to let you just give me a quick little sales pitch, a little <laughs> slogan on Morgantown, West Virginia, and uh, you can get me out of trouble here, Will.
3: Man, I would say passion and pride is pride, passion and pride is in our blood. You know, this, and, and I say that because having the opportunity to play here and and for this state, these these fans and these people are uh, hardworking people that have a lot of passion uh, for what we do as a program, uh, but for life in general, and a lot of pride in the state and in our program, which uh, you know it's an honor to represent.
0: There you go, Morgantown. Passion and pride—it's in our blood. That's the commercial right there. <laughs> Nicely done. Well, hey man, huge game, huge <laughs> game for you and your team this week. Uh, we'll be watching. You're a fun player to uh, to study. We've had a great time. Visiting with you, and I know we'll catch up with you uh, down the road as you get into that draft process, man. Have a great week this week.
3: Thank you, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. Pleasure. Well,
0: there you have it, Buck. Fun conversation there with Will Greer. I appreciate him getting me out of trouble there. Uh, with uh, a little Morgantown love, after screwing that up with uh, with Huntington, the home of Marshall, that did not uh, did not endear me to the folks in West Virginia. No,
2: you weren't uh, really a fan favorite in West Virginia, but he saved you. Will <laughs> Greer came to the
0: rescue. He saved you. I think all is well in Mountaineerland. There you go. Well, it, uh, man, I, I thought you know, for somebody who had the transfer, had the the issue where you know had the uh, suspension because of a. Uh, uh, a supplement of a, a supplement that he took that kind of one of those goofy deals where um uh, had some stuff in there that, that got him in trouble. And he said he didn't know about it and uh, ended up kind of leading to his transfer from Florida. And, you know, okay, some people wonder, you know, some little whispers or murmurs you hear, okay, I don't know, how, how mature is Will Greer? I could not be more impressed, Buck, having visited with him at the Elite 11 and then in the conversation that we just had, He handles himself like that in front of NFL teams, he's going to be just fine. Yeah, I think he's going to be just fine. I think he's outstanding young man. I think he has – uh,
2: the maturity that you look for, everything that he talked about to me spoke of, hey, this is the kind of guy that you want to be your franchise quarterback. He's done um, everything that you would want to see a young man do in terms of college, taking care of business. He's mature, got his family in order. So he's all about ball. Those are the kind of things that I want to hear. If I'm an executive looking for a franchise quarterback, this is someone that is all in. He is going to give you everything that
0: he can to be that franchise quarterback that you want him to be. All right, let's get a couple quick takeaways from this last weekend of college football, then we'll get out of here. Uh, we're always looking towards the NFL draft, and sometimes you monitor some of these young kids as uh, as they're going through the process, knowing they're not going to be in this year's draft, but in the future. I got to tell you, man, I I've been so impressed with Jake Fromm from Georgia, with Justin Fields breathing down his neck in a big environment there against Florida. I thought he played really, really good football, and he's somebody to me when you watch him in the championship game last year against Alabama. The one ingredient every great quarterback has is poise, and I think Jake Fromm absolutely has it.
2: He does have outstanding poise. His ability to be able to kind of fend off Justin Fields and keep the QB one position at Georgia to me has been remarkable. Because we know how good Justin Fields is, we know how good Jake Fromm, and we've seen him play in a championship game. He continues to just kind of go about his business, making plays when plays are there to be made. He's an outstanding young player. I'm excited to continue to watch him grow. But, look, this Georgia team needed to get back up. They got a tough matchup coming on this week. They take on Kentucky. Kentucky eked out a win versus Mizzou. So, now it's a meaningful game this weekend. So, we'll see if Jake Fromm can keep it rolling. But the Bulldogs, they're going to be in the mix. We may
0: see them down in Atlanta. A couple other big results there. Oklahoma State ended up knocking off Texas. We kind of said, "Look, this is probably a good thing for Texas. The last thing Texas wanted to do, Buck, is squeak in that playoff and and lose by 50, <laughs> uh, which might have happened if they had played Alabama as the four seed. So that's okay, Texas. Try and fight your way and get into the Big 12, and, and maybe you can maybe you can win that Big 12 championship game. Uh, we'll see. But uh, I, and they did not want anything to do with that playoff. That's just my opinion. No, they didn't want anything to do with it. And I think it, <laughs> I think it's
2: obvious that they're not quite on that level yet. They're they're getting there. I like Herman. He's doing a good job. They're getting there. They're getting there, but they're they're not quite on that level. And so, um, it was interesting. One team that might get on that level, how about the Washington State Cougars? You said it. You told me that they were going to do it. They're legit in the Pac-12, and they got a big win versus Stanford, 41-38. Their quarterback, man, he just throws it all over the yard. It is unbelievable to watch this guy throw for 438 yards in three tubs. Uh, They just – I just don't know how Mike Leach does it. I don't know how you can just call pass after pass and not feel guilty when you look at your running back and never give him the ball. But that's what the Cougars do. They are throw, throw, throw,
0: throw, throw. And they've been winning games this year. There you go. And uh, the whole air raid thing, I'm, I'm fascinated. See, we've seen now the air raid obviously be successful at the college level. We're seeing air raid quarterbacks in Mahomes and Baker Mayfield, something Will Greer was talking about. They're having success at the next level. So my question is, Who's gonna come get one of these guys? Who's gonna? what NFL team is gonna say, screw it, give me Dana Holgerson, or <laughs> or even just go for the gusto and go get Mike Leach and let's bring him up to the NFL and let's just chuck this thing all over the yard. Uh, I'm waiting for it, man. It'd be fun. Uh, it will be fun. I man, who knows? We who, talked about Lincoln Riley, right? Everybody's after Lincoln Riley. Where did Lincoln
2: Riley? Where did he grow up? Where did he learn the game? He did. He did learn it. I mean, Mike every, Leach and Dana. Yeah, I mean they're they're doing it. They're throwing it out right now. They're the hot. The hot thing, everyone wants to be a part of that offense. That offense has so many different iterations. But the one thing that is consistent, if you're a quarterback playing in that system,
0: you put up big numbers, and then you find a way to win games while putting up those numbers. All right. Well, the NFL trade deadline has not come yet. I do think we are going to see a flurry of activity. I'm anxious to see what that looks like. Uh, something we can talk about on the next podcast. Oh, who's but, your top are, four? we are working on, by the way? Who's,
2: who's, who's your top four? Who's your top four college teams? We I think they revealed the top
0: four for the
2: college football playoffs. Oh, yeah, that who, yeah,
0: that comes out tonight. It comes right?
2: out. Who, who, who are your four? I'll tell you my four, Alabama, Clemson. I have Notre Dame. And right now I'm stuck between Michigan and LSU. I'm going to go with Michigan just
0: because I like what Shea Patterson has done of late. Um, you own know my top 4? Yeah. Uh, let's go Alabama. That's easy. And then and then uh and then deuces cuz the rest of it's a <laughs> to Smash whatever they play. <laughs> That's what they should do for that show. Uh, Block off a 2-hour show. Here we're going to reveal the ra- the rankings. Here is the college football <laughs> and brand new spanking new rankings. Tune in to see what happens. Alabama number 1. Go home. It's over. <laughs> That's it. That's the end of the college football season. We'll see you next year. That's, that's that's my top four, Buck. That's your top four? Wow. That's it. Way to get it done. That was easy. Yeah. Yeah, that was easy. Oh, Clemson's playing pretty good. Um, all right, that's going to do it for us today. Anything you're working on, Buck, you want to throw out there? No, nah,
2: I'm trying to figure it out. I'm just going to go and I'm going to review the L.A. Rams-Green Bay Packer game and see if the Packers laid out a blueprint that other teams can follow.
0: Oh, I like that. I like the little research uh, nugget there to throw in the notebook for, the, for later on in the week. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, remember, you can uh, download the podcast, subscribe, tell a buddy, leave us a review on Apple uh, uh, Podcasts. We do appreciate that. Now check out the videos, nfl.com slash video youtube.com slash NFL. We'll catch you next time on Move the Sticks.
1: Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts.